As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We got a schedule in the Big 12, Ari. This is big news. We've been waiting for this for a long, long time. And, you know, this is a tea leaves thing because the thought is if it's just a 2023 schedule, then it probably means that that Texas and Oklahoma wind up in the SEC in 2024. Mm -hmm. And it was just a 2023 schedule. So Mm -hmm. I would imagine those those negotiations remain ongoing. Um, My question this entire time was, how badly will the Big 12 try to screw Oklahoma and Texas on the schedule? Which, again, I'm not I'm not saying that is a bad thing from the Big 12, because if I were in charge of the Big 12 or in charge, like running the athletic department at a school that remains in the Big 12, I would do the same thing to them. You'd want to make it as, as hard as humanly possible to have a successful season. Yes. So... I feel like with Oklahoma, they are attempting that. Like, <laughs> you get to go to Cincinnati for their first game as a Big Twelve school. Then yeah, you, then you get to go to Provo in November. And oh, by the way, uh, you you can turn right around and play TCU after that. The, the, the funniest thing title. is, is that if you were going to have the new Big Twelve members on the schedule with the programs that are leaving. Having Oklahoma play in Provo as the finale of the season is kind of a tough place to play, I bet. Especially well, it's not, if it's, it's like not really the finale. Cold. They they do play TCU the following week, but now I w- remember because Oklahoma was gonna start a, a home and home with Georgia this season that would have the, the return date wasn't for a long time. So they the, the the SEC was like, no, just cancel that because one of those games is when you when you'll both be conference teams anyway. So they would have played Georgia, but they don't play Georgia now. Now they've got Arkansas State, SMU, and at Tulsa as their their non-conference. But at Cincinnati, in the Bearcats' first Big 12 game, feels like Nippert's going to be rocking on September 23rd. Yeah, it will. You know, the thing that's funny to me is that if you look at the four newcomers, uh, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston, they are in a legit Power 5 conference now, uh-huh. as it pertains to the inclusion of Texas and Oklahoma, and there's no buildup time. 
So these programs are still built like a group of five program. And I think that the most entertaining thing about this is for all the people who said two years ago that Cincinnati wouldn't have made the playoff if they played in a power five schedule or any other time. A group, You're going to see a legit group of five teams that are very good. Now, remember playing an actual power five schedule. Luke Fickle yeah, leaving right. and then taking a lot of players or, well, a lot of players following him to Wisconsin. You can you can phrase it however you'd like. Maybe Cincinnati is not as deep as they would have been had Fickle stayed. But sure. Yeah, and, Scott Satterfield's like, like, been a power five coach, too. So, yeah, you know, and, and UCF, uh, you know, they're always a, one of the more talented teams in their old conference, you know, playing. Kansas State, Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and Houston. It's like we are going to get to see them play that schedule. And I think that as time progresses, these teams will probably uh, turn out to be more equipped talent-wise than some of the teams that are in the Power Five already, uh, just based on some of the geographical advantages that I believe that they'll have uh, once they really settle into the conference. But it is kind of like G5 versus P5. And I'm very curious to see if any of those teams, those new forecomers, those four newcomers, uh, will be in the Big 12 championship discussion come November. Yeah, I, it, it will be very interesting. And because those four we've talked about, BYU has a national recruiting base, obviously, because it's a church-based mm-hmm. school and, and you know Mormons everywhere look to potentially go to BYU. But the other three are in hotbed recruiting areas, like big-time hotbed recruiting areas. So theoretically, they would have a little bit deeper roster than the average Group of Five program, but not as deep as it's going to be when they've been playing in the Big 12 for four years. But you could potentially say, like, Houston might be the fourth or third most talented team in the new Big 12 in eight years. Is that reasonable? Um... Yeah, the Oklahoma lists and Texas lists Big Twelve. I mean, Houston. Houston is one of the the best talent cities in America. So, absolutely. Now let's let's talk about the Cougars actually, because I wrote this in in Dear Andy last week because somebody asked me about this situation and you know did I believe the rumors that Texas and Oklahoma were holding it up because of the where they were going to get sent and. I said, you know, you got to send send them on the road to at least two new members. Uh, they didn't send Texas on the road to two new members, but they did follow my suggestion to make them play at Houston, which I think I feel like two Texas. And I'm not disparaging Houston. I'm just this is we all know how Longhorns think like this is the most humiliating thing you can do to Texas. Make them play a road game at Houston. Yeah. Uh, imagine losing. Well, but now, Houston fans better step up. Don't let your stadium get turned burn orange because that is also a possibility. Yeah, but it's like kind of like you look down on traveling to in-state teams and now you're forced to do it. Um, You better back it up, you know, and of course, Houston is well aware of that thought process and. You know, I think they have a very beautiful stadium. If you've been there, they do. Know. It's it's you know, very it's, nice. Yeah, I've been uh, there. I've with been the skyline in the background, and yeah. um, you know, so uh, yeah. I mean, you're going to uh, be in the Power Five now, so be the Power Five. You know, and yeah. I, I'm very excited to see what the 
new Power Five Big Twelve or the, well, the new so, makeup of it is in five years or how we look at it. But so, for now, it's the Power Five. Absolutely. Texas, by the way, after that game in Houston on October 21st, BYU comes to Austin. Ari, what is BYU's current win streak against Texas? I don't know. How can I know that? Is it seven? It's two. <laughs> the last game was an absolute nightmare for the Longhorns, but they've they've lost... Two in a row, they lost. They lost to BYU in Austin and in Provo in 2013 and 2014. So 2013, I believe, was the Provo game, and that was when Taysom Hill just ran all over the Longhorns, and they went out, wound up firing Manny Diaz as defensive coordinator after the game. Yeah, that's good. That's good memory. I uh, so like, what game are you most excited about? Is that the one? I think Texas at either Texas at Houston or Oklahoma at Cincinnati. And like, I hope Oklahoma Cincinnati is a night game because Nippert just rocks for big games at night. Yeah, it's a cool. Like, if you've never been to Nippert Stadium, it's a really cool old stadium just kind of tucked because, you know, it's tucked into the architecture of the campus, which unlike a lot of like big land grant universities, they don't have a lot of room to sprawl like they're in the middle of the city and so it's a very cool, kind of dug into the ground, feels very old school. And like Oklahoma coming into that and them being just pumped for their first Big 12 game. I am I am so excited for that game. Yeah, I can't remember what year it was, uh, but I was a beat writer at Cleveland.com at the time. And there were rumors that Cincinnati would be uh, – potentially a candidate to join the big 12. And this mm-hmm. was right. I think as Tom, I think if my memory serves me correctly, it was when Houston and Tom Herman played in Cincinnati. Yes, that would uh, be right. That was when the big 12 did 15? the dog and pony show is like 15, 16. And it was 15. The big, yeah. The big 12 did the dog and pony show where they made everybody uh, make a presentation, even though they, most of them were like, why are we doing this? We're not going to expand. We don't want to add more miles to feed. And they didn't end up expanding, but, but, but Nippert showed out that night. Oh yeah. I went and I wrote a column about it. They showed out that night. Like they were trying to prove that they belonged. And now I like think about that night, which was, you know, almost eight years ago now. And it's like, here we are. Like you, you got your chance and you get to play Oklahoma, you know, in a similarly uh, situated game and you can show out and, and play a team that's leaving for the sec. And you know what? Who knows? Who knows what could happen? Got a good question from Steven. Which of the the Big 12 newcomers do we feel has the easiest schedule? I don't. I know we're just talking about the conference schedule here. I don't think any of these are particularly easy. Like No, but it's got to be UCF, right? They don't they, play Texas. They and don't get Texas they, or Oklahoma. But they right? No, UCF they, plays Oklahoma, Oklahoma on the road. They're at Oklahoma. So. But BYU gets Texas and Oklahoma. And Houston uh, gets uh, Texas at home, so it might be Houston. So but they have to. Houston has to open up the Big Twelve with TCU, so maybe UCF's that's UCF's got to go to Lubbock in November. That's not that's no picnic. Yeah, like that, and and it also Houston gets to go to Manhattan. That'll be a fun game. I mean, sorry, UCF has to go to Manhattan. Um, That'll be a fun game. That's September 23rd. I'm, I like the new blood. Like, it's exciting to see the new things. Houston also has to go to Manhattan. That's on October 28th. 
So yeah, do you think that these, any of these teams are gonna are gonna be above competitive? I think UCF like, might be able to. They've got well, Cincinnati might might also. You know, BYU and will, and and Houston will see they're breaking in new quarterbacks. Houston's defense has to get better than it was this year. Like Houston was twelve and two year before last because they had a really good defense. Clayton Toon was a good quarterback. Clayton Toon's done. I, I was I'm in Mobile right now. You can see if you're watching the video feed, you see I'm in a hotel room. Um, I watched Clayton Toon at the Senior Bowl today. He's actually, are you sure he's leaving? I am positive. He's, <laughs> okay. I watched him practice for the Senior Bowl. He's going to the NFL after his 27th season in Houston. And now, but the, so they're breaking into a new QB. Uh, Jaron Hall was also here in Mobile today. BYU also breaking in a new QB. Puka Nakua here as well. That's That was their top receiver this year. So we'll see. And like BYU's defense has got to be better than it was last year. If If BYU's defense doesn't get better, then no, they're not going to be competitive. But if they get back to what we're used to seeing from them, the you know physicality up front, then I could see them being competitive. That that's the thing about the schools they added relative to the schools they had. It feels like all of them could reasonably be expected to compete pretty quickly. I mean, three out of the four. I mean, all four of them have had outstanding seasons that were national stories in November in the last 10 years. Correct. Correct. Houston won the American and then won that Peach Bowl against Florida State. And they got uh, Herman. Well, they got multiple coaches, big time power five jobs, too. Right. UCF had the undefeated season and they beat Auburn. And the next year, they only lost the only game. Yeah. The next year, the only game they lost was to LSU in the Fiesta Bowl, which, by the way, that LSU team the next year was maybe the greatest college football team ever. You remember that big hit on Joe Burrow? I do. I do. They changed the blindside rule because of that. Uh, apparently, there is this belief that that was the hit that made Joe Burrow transform into who he is today. Like I ever Joe since Burrow, that happened. No, you tell me. You covered <laughs> Joe at Ohio State. Joe was always that guy, wasn't he? Uh, I just mean from that moment on, Joe Burrow played differently. And I of think, course, that's I think a, hiring Joe Brady and installing I, a modern offense have might have had it. something. To I do think with it was it. because he got knocked in the next week uh, and, unexpectedly, well, and it like I, jarred something. His teammates, listen, I will tell you, and and I this is this I have heard from players on that LSU team in in eighteen and nineteen, like the way he responded to that hit. Getting now, up they like already that, yeah. they already liked Joe Burrow, but that was when they were like. That's yeah. my dog. That I is mean, it my is, guy. It is a moment. I'm not saying that that's the reason he's good, uh, but yeah. it was a moment where it was like because if you remember back to Joe Burrow's first year in 19 or uh, 18, 18, yeah, uh, it wasn't uh, the greatest year. It's a pretty you know? pedestrian offense. Yeah, you know, it was like he was fine. You know, it wasn't like he was a star. Um, and then we all thought. I mean, I don't know what people thought about in the summer of 18. Or the or the off season of eighteen going into nineteen, like the way that that LSU team was viewed. But if I remember correctly, it kind of came out of nowhere to being as good as it was. And maybe part of the reason why is their two best players were a transfer and a, a player that you know came uh, was ranked in the top twenty one hundred in the recruiting right. rankings. Yeah. But uh, you know there was something that transformed there that really uh, you know cultivated that season and ultimately what we have in Joe Burrow. So. Um, 
Yeah, it's a shame that the Bengals aren't playing in the Super Bowl, Andy, because that would have been an all-time handsome quarterback matchup. And I didn't know this until this past week. This is an all-time handsome quarterback matchup. No, but Joe Burrow, this is what I was going to say. Apparently, Joe Burrow is like quite the heartthrob for for a lot of ladies, and I didn't really realize that. You didn't? No, I, like, I mean, is, I thought the man like, is about as swagged out as, as humanly possible. No, I know he's swagged out, but like Jalen Hurts has got the face of an angel. So uh, I thought that like there would be no question or no debate that Jalen Hurts was a more handsome man, you know, uh, and then apparently there was some major debate on that. And I went to dinner with another couple to watch. Oh, the, oh OK. The I went to dinner to watch uh, the game with a couple in, uh-huh. in Brittany and both women said Joe Burrow was far more attractive than Jalen Hurts. And I was stunned by that. Wow. Because Jalen Hurts is like. You want to talk about swag? Right Did you see there. him on the on the sidelines of the Syracuse basketball game on, on Monday night? He's he's very swagged out. I don't feel the like dimples he going? was that. He was not that swaggy at Alabama. Well, it's amazing what can happen when your bank account goes up that much. <laughs> Andy, you, you, you'd be uh, you'd be getting your own custom Jordan ones. You wouldn't have to be buying them off StockX That's like the true. rest of they, us. They'd just be making them for me. I like it. This yeah. is true. They say true. ass on the back. <laughs> you know you well you can't do this please with sell the andy ones. staple show and friends merch we're gonna get I, you ass ass jordan ones yes nathan smith has asked we we should do that now we could we could do that on the nike by you with several different types of of sneakers but we can't do it with jordan ones because they're not they're not gonna let you customize your own jordan no ones. no we're, no that's we're sacred. not that special we're not that special so Ari, this is I don't know. This has me so pumped up for next season, and I know we've got to wait eight months, unfortunately. But it's like we're previewing uh, conference openers uh, on January thirty first. So I shoot. I'm just, I'm just excited. I mean, Texas, boy, Texas. If this is the last year in the Big Twelve, which I would think, I, I think it is. They, they're going through the ringer. It feels like, and you know, they've got to go to Tuscaloosa on September 9th. but. I mean, we, as we as we say this, this is another interesting thing. Alabama still doesn't have an offensive coordinator and still doesn't have a defensive coordinator. I'm very confident that they'll figure it out. <laughs> that they will hire somebody by the Texas game? I sure the, hope so. They not only hire somebody by the Texas game, but get somebody that's going to do really well there. Yeah, it sounds like Ryan Grubb's going to stay at Washington. You know, yesterday it looked like for a minute that that was, that was yeah. happening, but it's not. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
You know, I had a I had a uh, hypothetical question that I wanted to ask you okay. um, later on in the show that is in regards of Alabama. So just remind me of that because we are working on a story to tease, and you're a part of it. Yep. That um, I need to get get off the shine and get my stuff in. Yeah, you are still eligible to submit it. He was going to message you tomorrow, oh, where good. we are ranking the sixty nine Power Five jobs. Nice. Uh, in terms of easiest to hardest, one through 69 to recruit to. And mm-hmm. in these rankings, which isn't uh, like every other ranking that's been done in this topic, okay. you're allowed to take into account perceived NIL prowess, right? Um, head coaching sales pitches. So what, and you're what, say, we, what, what you're saying is what they you're are giving now. me license to rank Colorado much higher than I would yes. have based on you the You could put Colorado success. in the top five if you want, and you would have a, you'd have a strong opinion in the, in the, thought process or how we're going to do it is we're going to break it up and then we're going to average it. Cause I think eight or nine of us are ranking them. Well, ask, and then ask me your, ask me your hypothetical now. Cause I, I feel like we, we who's number we, one, Georgia. Like that, you know, easy. I don't think it's easy. If Nick Saban is, you get to no, it's Alabama. It's Georgia, it right, it's Georgia right now, but Alabama, so you, like it's, it's not like Alabama or Ohio state are a distant anything like, they're right there with them. Like Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State occupy their own universe compared to everybody else. I disagree with you. I think it's unquestionably Alabama. Uh, if we are, if like Georgia might be the number one program in college football right now, but this is a different ranking. The ranking is which place with all the assets that it has, including who their head coach is and their, and their yep. resume. Georgia is the same, easiest same place. Reason Nick, same reason Nick Saban thought that Georgia was the best job in college football. So then Nick Saban who just signed nine five-star prospects and set a record for most five-star prospects in a single class. He's the best coach of all time and has and to work And he's part of the sales pitch. <laughs> he is. It's, Come play for Nick Saban is a better sales pitch. I don't know. Play for Kirby Smart's a pretty good sales it's pitch a very right good. Now. It's a very good sales pitch for <laughs> <I> mean, number two. <laughs> number two out of 69 ain't that bad. I mean, I don't know. Like Georgia has the Georgia has the advantage. This is why I wanted to ask you because I thought we would yeah. disagree. I think I might be the only person that puts Alabama number one. But if in the assignment we're supposed, I don't to take- have a problem with you putting Alabama number one. I just think right now, especially given the volume of draft picks that Georgia just produced and is about to produce, it it is they are hot. They are the hottest. That is the easiest to sell. The most recent. It's what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. So yeah. now I mean, Alabama, like, Alabama is about to potentially have the number one. And there's a very good chance Alabama could have the number one and number two pick in the NFL draft this year. Well, that's here's obviously the a very good thing to sell. The assignment is we have 280 characters, which is the length of a tweet to write mm-hmm. our best sales pitch for the team. And, and we don't have to do all 69, we, 240 we, or 280. Gonna, I, I think we're going to use too many characters and, and it's not going to fit in a tweet. And we're all going to get eight. We're going to split it up. But I feel like if I were a recruiting coordinator mm-hmm. who wanted to work at a place and make it for like the ease of it. Yeah. You can't really nag either of them. Like no. Georgia and Alabama you are as close we're to perfection. Complete, we're completely splitting hairs right now. Yeah, no, I know. But I just like, I cannot believe if you strip strip everything away and you present Georgia coachless and Alabama coachless and staffless. Georgia wins a thousand times out of a thousand right. based but on because location. Nick Saban's at but Alabama. Because Nick Saban I, I is the head coach. Like I know that Kirby smart won it two years in a row. Okay. But like, is he, 
has he passed out Nick Saban at Alabama as the as the Death Star of the sport in your mind? Like they might be the number one program right now because of what they've accomplished in the "What have you done for me lately?" business. Okay, but like right, Alabama, right, still right. Alabama this right? year. They're on your schedule. Who are you more afraid of, Alabama or Georgia? Um. Well, we're not one hundred percent sure who the coach or the quarterbacks are at each one, right? Yeah, I. I'm, so that's I'm harder to answer. Me, I but would. I would think Carson Beck's the, the quarterback at Georgia. And Alabama, that's a that's a we don't know right now. I mean, honestly, Alabama. Why? Uh, it's hard to maintain elite uh, teams for three straight years. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban is probably hungrier than he ever has after sitting on the podium hearing about how Georgia a- took Alabama over the SEC. As, Alabama as the hunter. Alabama as the hunter instead of the hunted does does strike. And they have more talent heart. on their roster. Eh, again, splitting hairs. It's splitting hairs, but you ask me who I would not want to play. And Georgia didn't have to play Alabama this year. And also, too, like Georgia was one field What do you think would have happened if Georgia had played Alabama this year? I think that it would have been a great game. I just like, been just like the Ohio State game. game. Yeah. I think it would have looked more like the Georgia-Tennessee game. You think? Well, what Alabama receiver was going to go off like Marvin Harrison Jr. did? Yeah. You know, Ohio State had certain strengths that Alabama didn't have, but... Alabama State, has strength. I mean, Will Ohio Anderson State's, would have looked real nice in a Buckeyes uniform in that game too. You know, like there's, it's you can't do that. I mean, I mean, I guess well, you Georgia, can because Georgia has NFL tackles. Like they did fine. Andy, do you see why I wanted to ask this at the end? No, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you asked it now. Yeah. Why are it, you it, leaving the interesting parts till the end? <laughs> it is interesting. I, yeah, and like here's the thing. Like you said, if you pick Alabama. You can't say anything bad about Georgia. And if you pick Georgia, you can't say anything bad about Alabama. So maybe it's just personal preference. I think, like, it, I just I think, think that, it is. There's, I think we're Nick Saban hairs. has just done way too much to not be number one right I, now. I also think Ohio State is a very easy sell as well. My rankings, without giving it away all to you, yeah. were Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, one, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like those three occupy a completely different universe than, than anybody else. But it does get challenging, Andy, because as you go down the list and shout out to Mitch Light for coming up with this idea, because it's, it's awesome. a good idea. Yeah, it gets really murky because when oh, you have, I, I guarantee you, I will struggle. It's, I still don't. Feel, four, I, I've submitted my list 20. and I don't feel yeah. like I, I, I struggle. And this is the thing. I struggle with my top 10 because there are certain programs that just we've ranked this so many times without mm-hmm. attaching it to the coach. But when you attach it to the coach, like how high do you go up with Colorado? Like does Texas stay number four? Like, or, but does USC number four? Like what about LSU four on your list? Texas would be number four on my list. If you took all the coaches away and it was just based on program resources. Yeah. Or just resource. Is it, is it recent success and recent draft pick production? Like draft pick production is the most important recruiting tool there is. And Texas yeah, I guess fails you can make, miserably in that. This is the fun of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. But also, too, like Texas and a and Texas A&M and Texas. Like, who's better? When you think about the NIL, like Dra- Texas signed Dra- a better class pick, this year. Draft pick production? But I'm saying, like, with, in, with NIL and head coaches. Yeah. Well, no, and right. in the state, like, what is a what well, and, is an easier place add, to recruit to right now? When you add NIL, based on what we've seen so far, like, I, I think that bumps Tennessee up. I think that bumps Oregon up. Right. So, so A&M, would you put ahead of Texas? I would put A&M ahead of Texas anyway, because they produce more draft picks. Like yeah. it, it is easier to sell recent draft pick production than anything. 
That is why Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State have such a prohibitive advantage on everybody else. Because you can go to the player and say, look at how many draft picks we made. Okay, I'm going to give you some of the ones that I struggled with, and I'm not going to tell you where I ranked them. Okay. But here are some of the ones I struggle with. Like, where did you, like, where, where do you put Florida? That's a hard one, considering what's going on right now. Uh, that is where do you put Auburn? Another tough one. I, I do think one thing I will say about Auburn, and it'll be interesting to see how much this dips because of the, the Brian Harson era, but Auburn always has some dudes. And like, they always recruit well, even when it's bad. Like Derek Hall and Tank Bigsby are dudes. Like you could right. put those two on any team and they'd be like, and they'd be very good players on any team in the country. And so like the, the fact that Auburn can always get some dudes, I think matters. I think that, that, and I, I also think they, they seem to have a pretty good NIL situation right now that that collective has, has gotten very organized. Um, I will say just kind of spoiler alert, talk to Hugh freeze for a little while at the senior bowl on Tuesday and I may have a column you, coming out here in the next you few got days. You got you to believe. It, it's not even that. It, well, you believe I, before, I bet. I always, like, the, the off-field stuff with Freeze that that everybody gets mad about, like, I get it. If you're an Auburn fan and you didn't appreciate them hiring him because of that, or if you're a fan of another school and you just don't like him because of that, I understand that. I've said all along, though, in terms of understanding what the job is at Auburn, just the on-field part of it, he understands mm-hmm. and knows what he's supposed to be doing. And all you have to do is look at this time last year, they were trying to find a way to fire Brian Harson for free. They were moving junior days because of lack of interest. They're basically turning people away at the door at junior days. Now it's a very yep. different situation. And so. Now, I think you could make a case for them being a top 10. Oh, you absolutely can. You can. Florida, I don't, that's a tougher case to make right now. They're still producing draft picks though. And, and it's interesting because like, again, being around all these NFL people at the Senior Bowl and hearing how Anthony Richardson is going to go in the first round still just makes my head throb. Like, I'm like, guys, I just don't know. But. I mean, would I you not want to take Cam Newton at 16? Cam Newton was the most <laughs> dominant player in college football. He I totally dra- just lobbed that at you. I'm just kidding. A team. Okay. Trivia question, Ari. Oh, God. I'm I terrible at trivia. Other than Cam Newton, how many combined starts did the other starters on the 2010 Auburn offense make in the NFL? Is it zero? It's one. Yeah. Now. There's tragedy involved here because uh, unfortunately Phil Lutzenkirchen passed away right. before he started his NFL career. He would have he would have played a lot of games in the NFL, but that group was not loaded with talent. That Dude, that is Cam. that is a truly insane statistic. Exactly. Now Nick Fairley was a first round draft pick on the other side of the ball. They did have some defensive players who wound up being very good, but it wasn't a ton. And offensively, it's Cam legitimate was definition it. of Superman. Yeah, Cam was it. And so, no, please, 
and I realize I, we, I was guilty of this. You were guilty of this. We got a little over our skis after the Florida I am Utah still game. guilty of it. What, yeah. I, what is this past tense? Very, we will not, but we're not going to mention Anthony Richardson and Cam Newton in the same sentence. We're not. That's I not, am. that is unfair to Cam Newton. Uh, it is disrespectful to Cam Newton right now. I bet you on April 1st, if you type in to Google, Anthony Richardson, Cam Newton, and that plus sign that means that they both have to be in there, you'll get I, a thousand hits. I know. I know. <laughs> what I'm saying is that is very disrespectful to Cam Newton. Well, it's just an athletic comparison. Nobody's saying he's better than Cam Newton. They're saying that he's got the physical makeup that reminds you of somebody like Cam Newton. No, I, I get it. He's he's the first guy that size to have that good of an arm and run that fast since Cam Newton. I get it. I get it. I also watch the games. So like which but, goes but, out the window during the draft process. You know that. I know. But like I do believe Osiris Torrance, the guard is from Florida, is probably gonna be first round draft pick. Now you can say, oh, he came from Louisiana Lafayette. Well, guess who recruited him to Louisiana Lafayette? Billy Napier, who is the Florida coach now. So I think that does help. And 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 Florida's been a program that they've they've put steadily put some dudes in the NFL. You know, and be it like Kyle Pitts, you know, high draft pick type dudes. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you two more. To, they're similar to Auburn in that vein. I'm gonna give you two more that I struggle with, and then after the story runs, we can compare the lists that we submitted. Yeah. Which I think would be a good show. But oh, you know yeah. who I had a really hard time with? Who's that? Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Because that's new Nebraska, and we haven't really seen what new Nebraska looks like yet. Right. We but saw, like Matt I mean, Rule, so we Nebraska. Matt, we saw Matt Rule at Baylor, and that. So our assumption is he'll do the same thing at Nebraska that he did at Baylor, which is go into a fairly unfamiliar territory, learn the lay of the land very quickly, and recruit a roster that can compete in that league. That's what he did at Baylor. Baylor it, was down worse than Nebraska was when Matt Rule got there. So if 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 he repeats that, then yeah, it's a pretty good job to recruit to. I this is where NIL comes in, and, and you and I have talked about this before. Because of the way Nebraska cares deeply about football, the way that fan base is so passionate, it feels to me like a very good transfer destination, like an NIL situation where a transfer who is not necessarily looking for as much flash, but they're looking for, okay, do they take football very seriously here? And if you set foot on that campus, you know they do. And can I get to the NFL from here? I think they've produced enough NFL players in the last few years that that you feel okay with that answer. It's not a great answer, but then if, if Matt rule can, can produce a few more then that becomes a, a very interesting destination. Does to, is competent Nebraska top 25. Competent Nebraska is top 25. Yes. Okay. Competent Nebraska. Okay. But that's again, uh, we, we got to, then I almost, I think, the, I mean, you have, you have to ass, ass, assumption that this is what you're going to get. You might not get elite Nebraska, but you'll get competent yeah. Nebraska at the All very right, least. What, what's the other one? Florida state. That's an interesting one because it does seem like they have changed philosophies. Like 
Jimbo was was recruiting in a way in the early teen, you know, 2000 teens where he was just getting top five classes, yeah. ridiculous classes every year. They're not in that boat now, but they've also devised a transfer portal NIL strategy where they're getting really good transfers. But that's not what we're ranking here. That's no, what's it, so hard about it. But but being able to recruit transfers is just as important as being able to recruit high schoolers. I just don't know if, like, do you think we will see Mike Norvell, if you had a prediction, mm-hmm. and make a prediction, sign a top five high school class ever? Not, not based on what we've seen so far. That's tough. That's a that's a tough pillow to swallow. Yeah, because you want to use the transfer portal and and steadily improving yourself into being a good team again to then become very good at high school recruiting. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole point of it. Like you don't want to live in that world every year, do you? You don't want to. You want to parlay that into success and getting well, your name I, I out think, there again. So I that think, you, I think they can if they keep winning. I really just don't think that's a sustainable model long term. But I don't think that's the hope long term. I think if they they feel like if they win, like like they're double digit wins again. If they wind up in the ACC championship game this year, yeah. If they beat Florida and Miami again, like they're gonna get high school dudes too. Yeah. So like hopefully as they continue to do this, the high school dudes will increase, and the hope is that you use the transfer portal well enough to put you in a position where you get good enough to sign a top five class so that you don't have to rely on it that way anymore. We'll be right back after these words. Welcome back. So before we get you ready for National Signing Day Part 2, big news from a friend of the show that hit the wires on Monday night, Ari. So Ryland Goaty, you remember him as as Mm -hmm. one of the, one half of the Real Talk podcast. We did a crossover event with Ryland and his Georgia teammate, Tate Ratledge. Uh, they have a great podcast. They came on our show for a national championship game preview. It was spectacular. We were planning to do a, you know, back half of the home and home later. So Ryland went to the transfer portal. Now, he was not the only Georgia athlete who went into the transfer portal and emerged in the same place. Alexa Fortin, a setter on the Georgia volleyball team, also went in the transfer portal, and we learned on Monday night that Ryland and Alexa, who happen to be engaged and are getting married in May, are both going to be Mississippi State Bulldogs. Now, here is the the part that blew my mind uh, that a lot of uh, helpful readers and listeners on Twitter alerted me to when I said, is this the first husband-wife package deal in the history of the transfer portal? It is not. Not even the first one this year. So, Dallin Holker, who played football at BYU, and Taylor Holker, his wife, who is on the BYU track team, they both transferred to Colorado State in December. So, two sets of husband-wife transfers so far this year. That's spectacular, Ari. Yeah, I I was like thinking about, would my wife transfer if I wanted to go somewhere? Or would and you transfer if your wife wanted to go? Somewhere? I would. I transferred to Dallas. Okay. All right. Uh, but when we were dating, she said, I love you. I will never live in Ohio. <laughs> and that's why I live in Texas. 
So this is the reverse. All my exes live in Texas. Like, and that's yeah. why I hang my hat in Tennessee. And yeah. that's why I live in Texas. Cause my wife has refused to ever live in Ohio. Yeah. Well, you know, Texas is a good place to, to be in my job. So it, well, it Texas worked out is well, a place but- that you'd surely love to be. So, I don't know is, if Texas would be in my top five states. That would be a good random ranking. Oh, good Lord. Top five states I would want to live in in America. We are going to save that one. Put a pin in that. Or there's too much football to talk. But yeah. Put a pin in that one because that may be something we do later in the week. I, I like this. That that should be maybe our next random ranking topic. Yeah, I, I'm good with that. Okay. But let's talk National Signing Day. Let's do it. I want to talk about a guy who I think is one of the more fascinating people who will be picking a school on Wednesday, and that's Nicholas Harbor. So he is a, a an edge rusher, tight end. Uh, in recruiting parlance, he's an athlete from, is it Archbishop Carroll? Yes. In D.C.? So he is, he's six, what is he, six, six? He's six, five and a half, six, six, 230. But. But runs like Usain Bolt. Elite. Speed, not good speed, not great speed. Elite speed ran a 10.22 hundred meters in August, I believe. This is a guy who could, you know, with with, you know, working his way up, could potentially be like a U.S. track team type guy. With no disrespect to Arch Manning. I am surprised he's not the number one overall player in the class. It's because he can like it. And this is the weird part. Like when we talk, when we usually talk, quote unquote, track guys, we're usually talking about kind of skill position, a receiver, running back type player, corner. This guy's an edge rusher tight end who big enough to play, you know, at those positions now, but will be kind of undersized in major college football as he gets older, will get big enough to be the right size for those positions in major college football, but might also still be just that fast. I, I'm, I'm also excited to see like where he ends up playing in the yes. college level, because I know there's, there's some debate about like where he projects mm-hmm. because the thing that is interesting about the, the speed thing is there are people who are fast on tracks and you know, when you're that fast, you're it fast everywhere, tra- right, but it doesn't, doesn't translate, translate to, yeah. cause it's like, if you're that fast and then you're rushing the passer, yeah. like that might help you get to the quarterback because you're fast off the ball or, you know, you can get around a, a right, offensive but that's, tackle. That's but like, quickness, is that going to translate? Su- yeah. Quickness and suddenness are different traits than flat out blazing speed. So based meters. on his body size and that speed, what would you say the perfect position on the football field would be if you had that to mold with Travis Kelsey? The Travis like, Kelsey tight position. end was my my thing, but it's like Travis Kelsey's not fast, right? Travis Kelsey is an incredible route runner, a great understanding of his off the offensive scheme he plays in. He just and, finds and, pockets. He just finds yeah, pockets and sits yeah. down. Yep. And and Travis Kelsey was was a I believe a quarterback coming out of high school and had to move. <laughs> Remember Cincinnati, Brian Kelly's last year used Travis Kelsey as a Wildcat quarterback. Yeah. And I mean, you Bush watched Jones the Chiefs took play. Over and they were like, we're going to make you a tight end. When I watch the Chiefs play, I feel like every Travis Kelsey reception looks the same. 
It's like, oh, yeah. no, Mahomes is about to get sacked. Oh, wait, there's Travis Kelsey underneath <laughs> running a hitch wide open. And then yeah. he makes one guy miss and then runs seven yards. The, t- the and touchdown gets a catch in the AFC championship game yeah. was, was crazy. Because you look at Jesse Bates, who is covering him, and you're like, why isn't there another Bengal within five yards? Like, he's how, do you, wide how do you not triple teaming this guy? All the, and like, I feel like he's <laughs> wide open on 70% of his receptions. And when I say yeah. wide open, I mean like five yards around him where well, he can still and, run and with the ball. That's why I'd be very interested to see Nicholas Harbor lined up in the slot or even all the way outside because he's legit faster than most of like. He's as fast maybe as Jalen Hyatt over that space and faster than Jalen Hyatt in, in the 100. Like, that's insane. Because, like, the first person that comes to my mind when you talk about that size of a body and very fast is, is DK, well, yeah, oh, well, oh, DK, DK Metcalf. Metcalf. Yes, yes. Um, and obviously the one play that everybody remembers is the one where he chased down they're playing the Cardinals, and he chased yes. down the, the interception 80 yards. Yeah, he chased down Buda Baker. Uh, it's just like, did you see how fast that guy was moving? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I... By the he, way, if you want to see the greatest play in NFL history, there's a play where Larry Allen chases down a guy who, who inter- I believe, it was an interception. I don't think it was a fumble recovery. But Larry Allen chases down a linebacker who had a massive head start on him. It's it's these it's the most athletic play in NFL history because it involves a 350 pound man. But like, that's the crazy part about Nicholas Harbor. And I so it's NFL measurables already. Yeah. Oregon, South Carolina. Who else is in the is in the hunt? uh, Oregon, South Carolina, Michigan was in the hunt. Maryland was in the hunt. Um, And it's funny because during his time uh, in his recruitment, it felt like there were certain teams that were ahead. Um at different points, like Maryland seemed to really be getting some traction in December. Now that's home, and that's home for him. That's, yeah, and I think it was because he was yeah. able to visit a bunch, and it was easy for him to get to. But I do think that the final two, or the expectations, are that it's between South Carolina and Oregon. Yeah, and both of them. I mean, you're also probably running track. So, like, I am fascinated by this one. I I can't wait to see where he winds up. Uh, Another one that that and regardless of where he winds up, it's a big deal because yeah, South Carolina and, and, what is, doing, and what does he become? Yeah, but South Carolina has got a lot of momentum right now. Yes, uh, and they already have a fringe top 100 player committed at the tight end position in 2024. And like if they're able to like add on to the ending of the season that they had last year by getting a national prospect and potentially the most uh, yeah. athletic player overall in the entire class like that's that's something and then of course Oregon if they get him then it's another five-star prospect at the fi- at the 11th hour uh, after they ruled the early signing period and you know it's been kind of fun to watch Dan Lanning cook out there so uh, yes I think that it's very interesting now the thing that I'm a little upset about is that this signing day does uh, lack a little juice because everybody's already signed um, and the two big names that I was most excited to see commit on Wednesday uh, or sign on Wednesday were Deuce Robinson, the actual freak tight end right. that is going to start as a freshman, regardless of where he goes, in my opinion. Even and then, if of it's course, Georgia? Uh, probably, yeah. I don't, I don't know how he doesn't there's, get... I, Georgia's not just going to be... They're not going to... Yeah, no, they're not going to get just, rid of Brock just gonna Bowers. They're just going to have two tight ends on the field. Yeah, they're just going to find you. a way to put him on the field. Well, yeah. and they uh, had they had Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers on the field an awful yes. lot together. So that's, and I would that's I would easy. say that Washington was a starter, even if it's like oh yeah, I don't know, starters a loose 100%. term. 
Yeah. Um, and then of course, Jaden Rashada, I, I was told, uh, on Tuesday, uh, while doing some reporting that they aren't sure if, uh, he's going to announce on Wednesday, but would be surprised if he did so. So, uh, right. That, and, and, and remember, this is not like the early signing period where you have three days to sign. You got you can months. sign whenever, right? Yeah. You can so, show up without signing anything if you want. Um, right. Yeah. But those were the three biggest names. Um, out there, there's a top 100 player uh, named Roderick Pleasant out of Southern California, who's also down to USC and uh, Oregon, um, which is a nice old school Pac-12 yeah, battle. Well, <laughs> you know, for now, that, for that'll now. be a cross conference battle in a year. Yeah, and then there's another tight end that Georgia has been uh, recruiting, and that's uh, Walker Lyon. I don't know how many tight ends this program needs. <laughs> all of them? They're going to take them all. Former, former Stanford commit. This who, is why our guy Rylan Goldie was in the portal. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you're a tight end and you're a top 100 player, you have a spot apparently. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much the early signing period. You got some flip watches and stuff. Well, Cor- but like Cormani McLean is committed to Colorado, but he was col- committed to Miami going into the early signing period, and he didn't sign. So is he gonna is he gonna sign? Because he is filming a documentary, right? As one does. So. Nothing that, you know, spikes the interest in a documentary like some last minute grab ass. A little drama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. That one seems like Dion's got it under a lock. Um, but we'll see. You know, imagine he doesn't sign on Wednesday and we got to keep going down that road. But, you know, you never know. Oh, listen, it wouldn't be a real February National Signing Day without some grab ass. It wouldn't. Like it was funny the, because I the mom, dinner, a mom stealing the facts or we, we need something like that to happen. The uh, Brit was uh, we were eating dinner together before the podcast tonight. And Brit goes, so what, what do you have going on tomorrow now that daycare's closed because it's cold here? Oh, uh, no. And I said, tomorrow's national signing day. And she goes, how many national signing days are there? <laughs> <laughs> I said, Brit, it, it probably feels like more to me than it does to you. I'll tell you. But it's uh, it's going to be a good day. Yeah, this, this should be fun. Maybe a little bit of drama, certainly not as much as there used to be, but please let one fax machine malfunction or one yeah. parent steal a, 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 a national over 10. You just can fax with a cell phone now, drama. right? You can send a PDF now of these things. They just, they do the fax machine out of nostalgia, just an homage to the past. That's all yeah. it is. But I thought there was an app where you could just take a picture of it and then type the you, fax number in and then it just spits it out can. of the fax machine. You can. Yeah. I have that up. Yeah. You do? So. You doing a lot of faxing? <laughs> Not doing much faxing. <laughs> I should do that. Like, I call 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 the Jim Rome show and be like, "What's your fax number?" <laughs> I gotta take. I gotta. I gotta get off. Yeah. Oh, you can fax from Gmail. Fun. The more you know. <laughs> dun 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 dun. The, the whole thing about 2023, and this isn't a new sensation for me. It's been. If I have to print something, oh, I find I'm it to mad. be the most aggravating thing yes. that you have to do just send me something send me a, a pdf i can fill in or a docusign like don't make me print stuff yeah i mean if you sell a, a pair of shoes on on StockX, you have to print something mm. and then you go to you go to uh the ups store and they charge you like a dollar a page it's like what are we doing here <laughs> who you needs paper still have a printer by the way i where am i gonna plug a printer I, in this I, I i i will say having kids and and you'll i maybe by the time your kid gets middle school age this won't happen anymore 
they print out so many things and has and still have to physically write things. Do your kids have and trapper I, keepers? No, we tried to get them for them, and they're like, "No, this is this is this is this not isn't cool. cool. This is lame." But there's yeah, a lot of tried. pages that they have, paperwork, syllabuses, yes. all that stuff is still yes. physical. Now, I will say, if you forgot an assignment at home, at least now there are different websites. The the one they use is called Canvas, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of parents with kids their, their kids use this too. Like they can just go to that teacher's class on Canvas. They can go to the date. And they can pull up the PDF of whatever the assignment is and print it out if they left it at school, which is huge. So if your not, daughter has like, a, there's never an excuse like I can't do my homework. No, you can't just just call it up on the web. If you if your daughter has to like write an essay. Yep. Does she still print it out double spaced and hand it in? See, that's where it gets annoying. Super annoying. She has to print it out and then submit it as a PDF. So she prints it out and then takes now you can you can and I've shown them how to do this like you can print to PDF, which is you basically just save a PDF. You go to the print function on your computer and you save it as a PDF and just send it that way. But a lot of times they have to do handwritten stuff that they then have to take a picture of and, and upload as a PDF. Yeah, it's people don't know now. the struggle where like you had to do the double space. You had to, you know, and I had the best double, trick. D- double space, 12, 12.1 point. So they don't notice how much bigger the font is. And then you start, you mess with the kern. Do you know what the kern is? I don't know what the kern is, but I was going to tell the you space my between trick. letters. Oh, man. I used to bold every period. <laughs> you you can't tell. And if you bold <laughs> every, if you bold every period. It gives you, if it's like a three or four page paper, it gives you like another half page. If it's close to the end of the line, it's going to knock it to a new line. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> that is the best trick ever. And, and it was I'm the not best, surprised I didn't know that. The best thing that you can do is it's like a, you write the paper and then at the end of it, you hit control F period replace. Remember, like yes. you can replace it. Oh, yeah. And if you replace it with the bold period, you watched your paper, yep. you know, increase Ari, the page. It was the best feeling ever. By the way, SIGEP 415 points this out. We, we should have talked about this much earlier in the show, and I apologize for that. Uh, has Jim Harbaugh finally resided himself? I, I think that means resigned himself to being the Michigan coach another year. Thanks, Sean Payton. Yes. So we said this the other day, Ari. Like, he met with Michigan again. Like, that's a thing. But Sean Payton taking the Broncos job means, yes, Jim Harbaugh is staying at Michigan. I mean, he can now, still coach in NFL Europe. Well, yes, he could. The, <laughs> the Amsterdam Admirals, uh, the Rhine Fire. So, no, our, the our San Diego Fleet. <laughs> what if, what if the Saints had driven a harder bargain with the Broncos, and the Broncos have been like, "Screw it"? I think they would have gone back to Harbaugh at that point. I don't know. Like you know, never be the what do they say always a bridesmaid, never the bride. You know, he he might have been the bride. Man, so. Yes, Michigan people, feel free to breathe. You're safe. Or I, you, maybe you're mad about this. I don't know. I, at Go this get Jaden Daniels. Everything's okay. Go get Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. What am, what am I saying? Jaden Daniels? The LSU quarterback? Jaden Davis, the five-star quarterback <laughs> okay. in the 2024 class. I was you like, gotta, what? You got to give me these names. That's very close. Jaden Daniels and Jaden Davis are very close. I, I you got it. Yeah, it's and it's like I can't control. What, I have this this thing in my head, Andy, where I say something different than what I'm thinking. 
Oh, I, I think there's probably a scientific term for that that I don't know, but yeah, basically <laughs> my, my head is still on the verge of exploding over the bolded period. Yeah. Well, Hey, you know, you got to get, see, that's the thing too, about high school and, and college. It's like, you think the curriculum is what's most important? No, it's the way that you navigate yourself. It's the tricks you learn to get it's out the, of it's work. The, yeah, it's the tricks you learn. It's what you have to do. It's it's turning things in on time, finding a way to get stuff done, and like being adult on your own for the first time that is the most important learning experience. It's not whether or not you could pass the biology course or bio 101. It's all the things that you do in college to try this to- is, You're talking about bolding a period. I know. To, you may, to, to, to beef up your papers. Yeah, it was clever, okay. and I'm proud of it. You should be. <laughs> you really should be. <laughs> All right. National Signing Day Part Du is Wednesday, which means you're going to get special stars matter with Ari and Mitch Light. And then Ari and I will be back on Friday. You know, I know that your son trying to say goodbye and you probably have a lot of work to do, Andy. But like, <laughs> I had, I had, it's like, it's, I actually believe this because like in college, I took a, you're going to laugh at this, okay. uh, a course, course called Nutrition, Food, and You, which is probably one that I should have listened to. Oh, listen, listen. Florida, yeah. we had the meat we eat. We had man's food. Don't don't, don't, so, don't feel bad about that one. But, you know, frats used to have the test banks. The test bank, yes. You know, and a, being able to navigate the test bank, memorize the entire test. <laughs> oh, they hand God. You the, they hand you the test. I never even went to the class, and I knew the answer to every single question because you didn't change the tests. I had to miss them on purpose. Because Ladies it was and so gentlemen, perfect. the University of Arizona. But I'm saying like that to me is more valuable than the curriculum because you learn to navigate life and and and, and get stuff done, which is all life is really. You got 19 things you got to do, get them done in the most efficient way that you can. But I probably should have listened to Nutrition, Food, and You. You're listening now. That's all. Yeah, I don't I don't know anything about nutrition and I don't really know much about food and certainly don't know anything about you. You're drinking, so you're drinking your jug of branch chain of yeah, your Yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. I should have the reason I'm in this position is because I didn't listen. But you know, I'm trying to, you know, now I'm taking the course all, and not cheating. Yeah, you're memorizing the test bank and not paying attention. It's also not cheating. No, it's actually not. It's it's the it's laziness on the professor's part to keep right. handing out the same yeah. test over and over again. Just because I learned all the answers and questions to a past test doesn't mean that I I'm a I cheated. You no, you cheated, but it's it's okay. Are test banks cheating? You, yes, but you took advantage of the professor's laziness. Like that is I I put that five percent on you and ninety five percent on the professor for being too lazy to write a new test. This test bank thing, it, like you can go. There's businesses on college campuses where you pay money for old papers and stuff. Of course. They're old tests and like they don't know that. It's like change your test, pal. There you go. Work harder. Ari's working bachelor, smarter. A, you I'm work a, harder. I'm a bachelor and then of Ari, science. Ari will have to work harder rather than smarter if you just work harder. It would have taken that one flunk test to, to, to light the fire and it, and it didn't happen. And look they got at a where 98% in that, in that course. <laughs> <laughs> because you missed the, t- <laughs> missed the answers on and purpose. The 2% that I got wrong oh is I. God. It also does take quite some dedication to memorize a test. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it takes more dedication to learn the material and study for the test. <laughs> but hey, you 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 bear bear down, bear down, Wildcats and Wildcat professors. If you don't want them just memorizing your test, write a new test. <laughs>